Inside the Coach's Headset, presented by Tony Smith, your hometown shelter insurance agent. Call Tony at 528-7079. 528-7079. The X's and O's of coaching from the Upper Cumberland's best as we go Inside the Coach's Headset. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Inside the Coach's Headset right here on ucsportsnation.com. We're brought to you by Tony Smith, your hometown shelter insurance agent. Call Tony at 528-7079. For all your insurance needs, whether it be home, life, or auto, Tony Smith can help you out. We've got a guest today who's been a longtime coach here at Cooperville High School. Uh, He is the head coach of the baseball program, head coach Butch Chaffin. Coach, thanks for joining us here on the show. Hey, it's my pleasure. Um, you know, we're kind of in, in uncertain times and everything right now. So, uh, I guess before we kind of get into that, uh, I know you've been the coach there at Cookville for quite a while. Won't you tell us a little bit how you got into the coaching profession and, and maybe some of the influences that you had along the way? Sure. Um, well, when I was coming out of high school, I thought I wanted to be an engineer and, uh, I was going to get an engineer engineering background and uh, go to school to be an architect. And I wanted to build uh, stadiums and arenas and things like that, kind of stay around sports. And uh, I started helping my high school coach out, uh, David Little, and uh, I haven't looked back. I was his assistant for five years, and then I was the head coach for five years, and I wasn't ready. And, you know, mentally, emotionally, I was I just wasn't ready. I didn't have an assistant coach, so uh I was a young guy uh with nobody to lean on really and just I, I didn't burn out. I was just overwhelmed. So I sought something else out and I was an assistant coach at Tennessee Tech uh for four years and then I scouted with the Royals for three and Wayne Shanks uh was the principal of the high school and uh, they had gone through five coaches in six years and uh uh he was looking for a little bit of uh stability and uh, he called me and asked me if I had any interest and he didn't know in my head but I was ready to coach again after scouting and uh came back and uh, I think I've been there for 21 21 years wow you know uh, so so now 16 years uh well, that's still thirty three in baseball, so still still a long time for sure. And I was I was not aware that you were a former uh, MLB scout. So, kind of talk to us about that. You know, w- what are some of the things that you still use um, those scouting type of 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 tools and things that you've learned in that to kind of see and develop uh, your players on on your program. Well, I think. Uh, I think every scout thinks he can coach and every coach thinks he can scout and it's two different worlds. Uh, when you scout a guy, you got to write down what you see that day and, uh, you really, you know, you project, but you can't project too far out in front. And, uh, there in pro ball, there are guys in development that you have to pass these guys on to and you're just scouting what you're seeing that day. And, uh, you're trying to put, uh, uh, a round, a draft around a number, um, you know, a dollar amount on somebody, and uh, you're trying to get bargains. And 
at the same time trying to get good players. So you scout what you see, and it's all how you write it up. Uh, I, I remember uh, I was watching a kid. I was sitting next to an old scout in a different organization, Vern Benson, and he was like a 1,000 years old, and he had seen everything in baseball. And uh, I really liked his catcher, and uh, first time he came up, this guy hit a 200-foot fly ball straight up to the catcher and he popped out and next time he came up, he did the exact same thing. And I kind of was like, dang. And Vern said, do you like this guy? And I said, yeah, I really do. And he goes, well, it's all how you write it up. And I said, what are you talking about? And he said, you know how strong you have to be at 250 foot fly ball straight up in the air. And I kind of laughed, but I, I understood what he was saying. You know, if you like a guy as a scout, you can't waffle can't waver on a guy. You got, you got to like him all the way. And then as a coach, uh, I think I, I brought, uh, you know, just little bitty small things that I saw. Um, and I heard other scouts say about, uh, how they liked how guys moved and how their hands and their feet work together, you know, and I, I still look for that, uh, to this day. You know, and and some of those things I think can be developed over time, uh, especially in the high school ranks. Uh, and I've talked to a lot of coaches about, you know, advocating. You know, some of them advocate uh, their players playing travel ball. Some of them don't. Some of them think, you know, take time to go do something else uh, to give yourself a break. Don't don't just completely walk away from the game. Uh, you know, still stay in shape, still trying to, you know, take a little BP, things of that nature. But, you know, you don't have to play ball 12, you know, 12 months out of the year. What side of the fence are you on on that? I'm on both sides, to be honest with you. If if my guys want to play travel ball, uh, I'm perfectly okay with that. I like it when they go and they play for other people and they come back and, uh, you know, they say, hey, this is how we did it there compared to how we do you know, things now, but I think, uh, I'm at the point now to where I'm really secure in how we do things and why we do things. I'm always looking for better ways. And I've got a lot of friends that I talk to, uh, and we're always comparing notes, but I like it when my guys go play for somebody else. Uh, if they don't want to play, that's okay too. You know, we really encourage them to continue to work on their game and, uh, get stronger and stay in shape. And if you want to play multiple sports in school, that's fine too. Uh, you know, if a kid wants to uh, play football or basketball or something like that, you know, I don't, I don't have a problem with that. Uh, and that's what kind of where now I come down on this, that I hear a lot of people say kids should play multiple sports. And I think they're under the assumption that, the only way you can play a sport is if you have referees or umpires and uniforms and, uh, uh, you know, you're sponsored or something like that. Well, my guys, a lot of them, you know, they just play baseball. But if you go, uh, if we were to go watch them on their off time, you'll see them uh, throwing footballs and shooting basketball and playing three-on-three basketball. And, um, you know, I've, I've caught them playing tennis. Uh, some of them love to play golf. Uh, some of them just, you know, they like to do CrossFit and exercise and, uh, that that's a multiple sport athlete to me. Sure. Uh, I think the misconception is that, you know, it's got to be organized and, uh, there have to be people watching it and you have to have, uh, nine uniforms and things like that. But, uh, 
I think good athletes are just naturally, they cross train and, uh, you know, I'm all for that. You know, uh, I'm, a. uh, a, high, a TWSAA umpire on, on softball side. And, mm-hmm. you know, looking at some of the things that, you know, I, I walk out onto the field, I start looking at the pitchers who are, who are throwing, and I'm thinking, okay, this is going to be a good game or this is going to be a game that, you know, we're going to be here for a while, one of those type things. Uh, you right. know, how much, uh, and especially right now when we can't play, and I wish we could, um but I understand why. How much emphasis do you put uh, on developing your pitch, uh, developing your pitchers, and really looking at uh, uh, mechanics and, and and how the game, as far as the high school game, has gone? Uh, how has how has the game developed and evolved from the pitching standpoint? Oh, uh, pitching is everything, especially in high school baseball. Yeah, I mean, it's everything. And we spend the majority of our time, uh, you know, on hitting and on defense and things like that. But uh, we also spend a lot of time, a lot of focused, detailed time uh, with our pitchers. And last year, uh, you know, my philosophy, our philosophy, last year uh, we used 15 different guys on the mound in a varsity game. So we're constantly, you know, trying to work guys in and the younger guys work them in so they can get experience and get game experience uh, so we can go to them. And I think in the long run, uh, over the course of a season, you know, obviously we're trying to win every game. But if we can work a guy in, you know, if we're winning a game eight to one and we can work a guy in and he gets roughed up a little bit and we win the game eight to three or eight to four, uh, he gained valuable experience. So, you know, my my whole philosophy is if you're on our varsity team, we're going to try to work you into the game. Um, we feel like you've paid your dues and you're going to get opportunities, and it's up to you when you get those opportunities to capitalize on them. And, uh, you know, three years ago, uh, I was uh, the head of the committee that instituted the pitch count. Uh, for high school baseball in the state of Tennessee. And, you know, we put a get put a plan together and I kind of took the lead and I went back and I looked at our pitching charts over the last five or six years uh, prior to, you know, uh, making the pitch count. And we threw a guy over a hundred pitches in a game, I think four times in four years. And he was a strong kid and could handle that load. But, uh, if you're not developing pitching and you're a high school coach, you know, your success, it's, it's going to be short and you're going to constantly have to be looking for new arms. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of took the philosophy. If you pitch for us, you're going to pitch in a varsity game eventually, and we're going to find your value and it's up to you to prove your worth. Uh, you know, I, I I agree, and I think that in a lot of cases, um, and in baseball, and especially uh, up until this point, a lot of times your pitchers were your best athletes. And not only were they, you know, were, were they the most skilled, and, and pitching is very much a skilled uh, position out on the field, but in a lot of cases they were also your team leaders as well. But me being an old catcher, and, and that's where I played and in, in, league ball and in high school as well um you know uh, i always felt like the catchers were kind of the anchors of the field they were they were the 
they were the field generals, if, if there was one. Uh, where do you really – do you look at a particular position as being the leadership position, or do you look more in terms of your players and who you think is capable of assuming that leadership role? Well, I think leadership, you know, uh, leadership's going to emerge. Uh, I think a lot of kids are natural leaders. I think uh, when I hear people say, oh, he leads by attitude uh, or, you know, by his actions, um, I, I kind of have a problem with that. I think a, a leader has to be a vocal guy, take charge guy. He's got to say things that uh, uh, need to be said when they need to be said. And, you know, that's, that's foreign to a lot of kids. Uh, and we preach communication and uh, we talk about communicating on the field and in the dugout and, um, you know, something needs to be said. Somebody's got to step up and say it. And each team will have one, two, three, four guys, maybe that they're not afraid to say it. And they got to be the right personality when they, when they say it sometimes, uh, you know, they're going to hurt somebody's feelings. And the person that they're saying it to, you know, we work on this a lot. If a teammate kind of calls you out, you got to be willing to sit there and listen to it because he's calling you out for a reason and you can't be insulted and you can't be embarrassed. Uh, he's, he's trying to make for a better product. So when you get called out, you, you got to stand there and look him in the eye and understand what he's saying and be mature enough. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, mature people, make for mature players and we try to rush the maturity part because rushing development is is really dangerous and it's hard to do but you can rush the maturity part and the faster a high school kid becomes mature uh, the more likely he'll turn into a mature player and his game will advance we're talking with the head coach of the cookville cavaliers baseball team butch chaffin right here on inside the coach's headset Brought to you by Tony Smith, your hometown shelter insurance agent. I'm your host, Amos Rogan. Uh, Coach, you've seen a lot of good players come through your program, a lot of players that make it into the next level. Um, uh, I I know that that that's something that's obviously uh, you're very proud of and and something that you can show your players today. Hey, you put in the work, you put in the time, you put in the effort. uh, You can attain this level as well. Uh, during times like this where the season, at least at this point, has been paused and not necessarily canceled, but it has been paused, um, how do you encourage those players that have that next-level talent? And, and understanding, I know that a lot, of that a lot of that initiative is self-made. You know, they know that they want to play at the next level, so they're going to continue to push themselves, but – uh, as a team and as a team manager, um, how do you keep your players motivated to stay in shape, stay, you know, practice as much as they possibly can while practicing all the social distancing and everything else that we've got to, that we've got to do right now? How do you, how are you managing that in order to keep your team somewhat prepared? Well, um, that's a great question. We do a daily text. Uh, you know, I'll kind of send them a text of encouragement. Um, I really believe our state association is doing all they can uh, within the governor's parameters of uh, uh, returning us to our season. It'll be abbreviated, obviously. Uh, it's short enough already. 
Um, but it'll be super abbreviated. But I, I think we'll get some games. Uh, I think they're dead set on having a postseason. Uh, so we'll send out, you know, I send out a daily text uh, telling them to use this time to their advantage. They've got to move around. They've got to continue to throw because uh, it's going to happen really quick. Like we're going to be released. Um, right now, uh, I think the date's the 27th, April 27th. And, you know, I'm kind of got it in my head for some reason after talking to, you know, a few people that on the 27th, we're going to be released and we're going to practice on the 27th, 28th, 29th, and then we're going to go and they got to be ready to go both for, uh, their health and for us to have a chance to move into postseason. So uh, we're, we're using a couple different apps to communicate with them. Uh, we text daily. Uh, I've, I've just got to trust them and trust them be mature enough to uh, continue, you know, on their program. They're well-trained. You know, we stay together and we start lifting weights uh, early in the fall and we're together every day. And uh, they, know, they know what is expected of them. And uh, these seniors, you know, they've kind of had part of their season taken from them. And, uh, you know, we, we can't let the end of the season, uh, let this rob us of the end of our season. And, uh, we don't want to play just to play. We want to play to move on. And so that, again, that's where the maturity has to kick in. They, they know what to do and they have to, uh, make time to do it. And, uh, you know, I'm counting on that. You know, being, being, in baseball 30 years and being at Coble High School for, I think you said, 16 years, uh, you've, you've built quite a culture there um, uh, of, of just being able to uh, set a precedent with players coming in, you know, freshmen coming in wanting to play and things like that. Um, what are some of the things that you really set your program up on that, that when a player walks into the dugout in the locker room for the first time, uh, what do they know that they have to do in order to perform that the, the, the culture and the, and the reputation of this program precedes itself before they even step in? Um, well, you know, um, culture is going to happen. It's going to happen with or without you. And, you know, there are a lot of good coaches, and Bill Mosiello, who's at TCU, he talks about if you have to talk about culture every day, you probably don't have a very good culture. And with that said, I'm not disagreeing with him, but, you know, you, you have to remind your guys. And as a coach, I have to steer that culture. And, I, and you know, I, it can be whatever I want it to be. And, you know, we have some cornerstones, and uh, uh, one of them is, you know, you're going to make good grades, uh, you know, our little – thing is F's don't travel. If you're making F's, you don't, you don't get to go on the road to the games. And I think the worst thing that can happen to a high school athlete is if you tell them you can't go and participate in a game. And, you know, our guys, our, our guys make passing grades, you know, with the help of teachers and um, themselves, uh, you know, they've got to make the grades. And Andy Lopez, who's a friend, he's at Grand Canyon College. Uh, Grand Canyon University in Arizona, he talks about uh, um, good grades, you know, or direct reflection of work ethic. If you have bad grades, you probably have a poor work ethic. So, you know, there's a, there's a lot of uh, 
there's a lot of truth in that. So they're going to make good grades, and they're going to have to learn how to work. And as soon as you release yourself to believing that, wow, we're going to have to do this, I might as well go ahead and get after it in the weight room or on the track or flipping tires or running up our famous hill that we run up. Uh, um, you got to get used to the work. And, you know, those freshmen, the first time they run up that hill, a lot of them, they cry. The whole time they're running it, they're in tears because they've never been pushed. And we're trying to push you to, you know, to your limit and then take you a little bit further. And that, that's really hard for a 14, 15, 16-year-old kid. The other old guys, uh, and I say old guys, these are 17, 18-year-olds. Uh, they know what's expected. They know what we're going to do. It's not shocking to them. They just jump in and do it. And it's a really, 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 really neat thing when you see a kid just come in one day and he's like, all right, we're going to do this. I might as well do it well. And they get after it. We've had we've had all kinds of freshmen come in the office and go, I, I just can't do this anymore. And we we convince them that they can. And they get back after it. Uh, and, you know, I could go down a list. I, 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 everybody in our program has quit 100 times every day. And they come back the next day, and they get a little bit stronger, and they get a little bit more mentally tough. And uh, they quit 100 times that day. And then they come back the next day, and eventually they get – usually it's to that junior year, and then they only start quitting 50 times a day. <laughs> and then they get into that senior year, and now it's personal. And they know what they have to do uh, so they can be at their best in competition. And they get after it and they want more. And every now and then, every now and then, you'll have a freshman that comes in day one and he's ready for it. It's rare. But every now and then, you'll have one come in. And uh, they've never worked like that. And they're kind of, you know, wandering through the woods at night. And they finally figure it out. And the light comes on. And they get after it a little bit earlier. And the guys that that light comes on early, those are the guys, it seems like they get to the varsity and they're ready to play, you know, as a sophomore or maybe even as a freshman. You know, I think a lot of coaches have different styles. Uh, some more defensive coaches really rely a whole lot on, on pitching, as really everybody relies on pitching, and, and that goes without saying, but uh, relies more on defensive fundamentals. Some of them are, are more – you know, we're, we're, we're going to bunt, we're going to hit and run. Uh, we're going to steal, uh, leaning a little bit more on the offensive side of the game. Uh, where, where do you really kind of lean on as far as what you feel like is a success within your program? Well, I think, uh, I think you've got to be able to stop people from scoring and you stop people by scoring. Uh, you stop people from scoring by, uh, playing good fundamental defense and, you know, I, I love every phase of the game, and uh, I think if we play good defense and we run the bases really well, that we're going to be okay. Uh, the pitching's going to be there, and you don't have to throw 90 miles an hour to be successful in high school if you can spin it a little bit and throw strikes, which we've got some guys like that. And, you know, who they find success when they uh, can throw the ball where they want to and spin it when they need to. Uh, our defense is pretty good. And if we're playing good defense and we're running the bases really well, uh, it seems like it frees up our hitters and we're, we can be good at the plate. And 
I, I think that, you know, a lot of times hitting is contagious. And, and, you know, I've watched some high school baseball, you know, try to every year. Uh, and this this area, um, you know, Cookville, obviously, you guys have seen some success. Monterey has seen some success. Uh, White County, to a, to a lesser degree, has seen some success as well. How do you really rate um, – baseball as it is regardless of the classification just in the upper cumberland how how do you feel the product is and and, uh, how much do you think it's come along over the years oh i i i think it just continues to grow and uh you know unfortunately you know I, i don't get to see upperman play and i don't get to see monterey play but i can tell you at the triple a level um you know, there's, it's grown. It's super, super competitive. Uh, you know, you're going to be in for a game no matter which direction you turn. And, uh, you know, we, uh, we're this big school kind of out in the middle of no place in Cookville. And, you know, 30 years ago, 25, 28 years ago, when they were deciding to build a school, you know, I was in on that discussion too. They were going to build two high schools in Cookville and they worried about dividing the community. And, you know, there were a number of different reasons and uh, we're in this big school. And with that said, um, you know, we're still out, we're kind of remote and there aren't a lot of big schools around us. And I think our label is, you know, you got this big giant school. Um, You should have, you know, just, tons of athletes and it's not that we don't have tons of athletes uh, but at Cookwell High School I think we have 24 24 varsity sports Uh, our fine arts program is incredible our band is incredible our FFA is incredible there are just so many things going on that there's just not enough hours in the day so you know we get our 40 guys and we work them really hard and we try to be as competitive as we can because we know when we get to the end, we are going to run into the big arms and we are going to run into teams from Chattanooga and Murfreesboro, Nashville and Knoxville. And we have to go through those people. So, you know, we try to pay uh, a really competitive schedule. I'm super disappointed for our guys because this year, you know, our schedule is probably the hardest it was ever going to be. And we're trying to set ourselves up uh, to be successful at the end of the season. And, you know, that's kind of been taken away, and we're just going to have to keep plugging and do what we got to do to try to win games. Well, I think the, the I guess the, the, if there's any consolation to any of this is, is you're not in the boat by yourself. Uh, everybody well, else is in there. Yeah. Busy. You know, and I talk to guys, and uh, everybody's kind of in the same situation, I think, until uh, yesterday. Uh, nobody knew, you know, it seems like uh, two weeks ago, you know, I've sat here and I've drawn up, you know, six, seven times how we could get our district games in. And uh, this uh, coronavirus kept moving the goal line away from us. Mm-hmm. And it kept getting pushed back and a little bit further. And, and I understand that. I mean, you know, we're talking about safety here. Um, but, you know, it's really hard to plan when there's no – when there's no goal line. Right. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here right in front of me right now, and I'm looking at uh, the schedule for, you know, April and May, and I'm trying to figure out how we can fit this in. 
And I, I don't know. It's just tough all around. And we, uh, we're just going to have to make the best of it. I agree uh, on a lot of levels. You know, I think, uh, you know, I've got a high school senior uh, at White County, and, and it breaks my heart to uh, think about all the things that they are not going to uh, get an opportunity to do because it is their senior year. And I really hope that, you know, we're going to have a graduation for them. I hope that, you know, some of these senior ball players are going to be able to take the field at least one more time in order to get some sort of just finality. I mean, it, that, that that's right. the biggest thing to me is, is that um, – just as you said, that there needs to be a goal line. There, there needs to be a you know something that we know. Okay, here's our target, and that target line keeps on getting moved. And uh, for our seniors, especially, uh, they need some finality because walking across that stage at graduation that's a rite of passage. That that's that's a that's an entrance into the real world <laughs> because at that point they're not required to go to school anymore. It it becomes a choice at that point. So. Uh, right. they, they need that. And, uh, I, I, I agree. We, we've, we've got to do our due diligence with all this stuff. Uh, we certainly don't want to be careless by any means, but in the same sense, uh, it is my hope and my prayer, honestly, that we get this thing over with quickly. So there's whatever normal is to someone, it can be, we can return back to it. Uh, but, uh. Yeah, and I I agree, and and I think there will. Um, uh, I I think we'll get a shot, and we need to have we need to have prom, and we need to have graduation, and like you said, uh, you know they talk about kids are growing up fast today. Well, it's generation uh, they're having to grow up super fast, and it's almost not fair. And um, well, it isn't fair. And, you know, they've been robbed of a lot of uh, joy. And uh, uh, there needs to be some fun put back into it. And, you know, with that in mind, uh, I'm a guy that I try to stay neutral. There's, you know, uh, I I try to stay neutral when I think about things. And uh, I think think there'll be closure on the whole thing. and I'm holding out hope and, you know, uh, I watch the news and if it's something I don't like, I turn it. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, cause I want, I want somebody to tell me something good and every now and then you'll find something good. And, uh, uh, I think that these seniors, all the seniors in the upper Cumberland, uh, you know, there's hope for them. And when I say that, I mean, there's hope that they will get that closure. I hope so. I, I will be honest with you. I cannot wait until I'm behind the plate of a softball game and, and somebody hollers at me if I'm blind or not. I'm actually looking forward <laughs> to that. So, <laughs> you know, this is uh, first time in 33 years in the spring. I haven't been in a dugout or at a field watching a game, and uh, I just can't. I can't. I can't think about it. Uh, if I think about it, I go crazy and. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, my home was one of the homes that was hit by a tornado and we had a ton of damage and we've been dealing with that. And, um, so I don't have a house to go to that I can't mess around with and I can't mow my yard. And it seems like we probably wouldn't have been able to get many games in because of the weather. So, uh, you can't go to the field and you can't mow there really. And you, you can't pull a weed and, uh, 
So all I do is we're probably going to be in this hotel until June. So all I do is go downstairs and I walk on the treadmill or I walk laps around the parking lot or I, I try to find uh, ways to take my mind off of it. And I just keep thinking, um, you know, that there are a lot of good people out there who are trying to give these kids hope. And uh, uh, I think they'll come through for them. Well, I, I, I really hope that, you know, everything comes together. I, I hope that uh, you and your family can get some uh, closure on on getting settled in 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 a new home and and uh you guys can can move forward with that and if baseball is can come back around to give a little bit of a of a break in worrying about all that i hope it comes quickly i i think it will i tell you what um you know i'm tired of this and i don't want it to ever happen again i know that but Uh, being in this hotel, it's like being back in the dorm, and I'm too old to be in the dorm anymore. <laughs> I feel like I'm just caged up. I bet so. Well, Coach, thank you so much for being on the on the show with us. We really appreciate it. Uh, good luck to you in in always, and, and we'll and we'll definitely be praying for you. Uh, you've been listening to the Inside the Coach's Headset podcast right here on ucsportsnation.com. I'm your host, Amos Rogan, and we have been brought to you by Tony Smith, your hometown shelter insurance agent. Call Tony at 528-7079, and when the uh, social distancing ends, you can go see him at 425 East Broad Street in Cookville. Coach, thanks again. Best of luck to you, and we'll talk to you later. Hey, I appreciate it so much, and I appreciate all you do for high school sports and sports in general. Uh, I think people have learned how important sports are uh, to everybody to take their mind off things. And uh, this has uh, been a difficult time, but, you know, you guys do such a great job. And, uh, yeah, go see Tony. I know Tony for a fact. He's not getting many phone calls. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks very much, Coach. Thank you. Inside the Coach's Headset, presented by Tony Smith your hometown shelter insurance agent. Call Tony at 528-7079. 528-7079. The X's and O's of coaching from the Upper Cumberland's best as we go inside the coach's headset.